welcome back to another episode of The Right Shift. I'm your host, Tim King, helping you navigate through the world of freelance copywriting, no matter if you're a newbie still figuring out your services or a seasoned professional who's seen it all. This is the place to be. Join us as we talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between of this caffeine-fueled adventure. So prepare to listen to another tale from the vast landscape of freelance copywriting. Welcome to The Right Shift. language luminaries our guest today is a woman who has made significant impact in the copywriting world in just a relatively short time she's a wordsmith with a knack for crafting engaging website copy and interestingly has a soft spot for her golden retriever phoenix straight from the heart of the uk where literary history is rich and profound let's extend a warm welcome to vishma mystery when it comes to penning copy she's as dedicated and professional as they come with years of experience in marketing she's honed her skills in copywriting proofreading and editing creating content that not only resonates with customers, but also aligns with Google's algorithms. Friends, let's get ready to delve into her insights, experiences, and wordcrafting magic. Vishma, welcome to The Right Shift. Thank you, and thank you so much for that, um, what you call it, really, really, really nice um, intro. <laughs> <laughs> no problems at all. So tell us, how did you first get started in freelance copywriting? Uh, so it's by fluke, I'll be honest, um, and I've said this on a multiple podcasts and whenever I've been asked. Um, uh, so my career began as a marketing professional and during that period, you know, I've been doing a lot of writing and now as a marketing professional, you'd be surprised to know I never came across the term copywriting. So while I was writing a lot of copy during my marketing professional, I hadn't really thought of copywriting at that point that that was a thing. Um, and it just so happened that circumstances led me to quitting my job uh, at the end of 2020. But just prior to that, uh, sort of during COVID, um, I stumbled across copywriting and I was like, oh, okay, this is something that I'm doing, you know, a light bulb moment, sort of while I was already proofreading and writing copy at home, working from home. And um, that led me to sort of set up a website. And yeah, then after I quit my job while I was looking for another job, um, I thought, let's give this a shot, considering I've set up a website, which was the initial plan was side hustle. Um, but then, hey, things took off and here we are <laughs> three years later. <laughs> yeah, as they usually do, I suppose. It's something that if you're not quite prepared for it, like just sort of something, a little bit of extra income through the door and then, you know, it blows up. It's just something you, you kind of, you have to follow it, right? Absolutely. You go with your gut instinct and yeah, it's, it's been great so far. To be honest, I love what I do. So <laughs> talk, talk about the marketing side of things first, because I think that's, it's an interesting start. A lot of people who get into France copywriting, they've either started at like a fiction front door or they've, they've been doing something that's slightly not related and they've now applying the writing skill to something they've done before to, to niche in. Um, how, how does that change your kind of practice? And then what, what sort of marketing were you doing to begin with? Uh, so I, began with marketing in the UK for 3M. Um, so more so medical side of things, which funnily enough, my career trajectory was within medical. Um, after moving to Australia, um, I worked for a couple of companies and then I've done sort of seven and a half years at a fertility clinic as a marketing professional. Um, so a lot of that, you know, SEO copywriting, you're constantly doing a lot of that. Um, and not every marketer is a writer. I'll put that out there. Um, you know, it, it's something that doesn't come naturally. You've got your analytical marketers, you've got your creatives and you've got 
ones that can come in and do the writing side of things. Um, and yeah, so for me, my, like uh, a lot of that involved um, writing for, you know, some of the blog articles on the websites, website copy, print material, ebooks, um, and so on. And that's how I ended up sort of hitting into that writing side. Um, and on the side, while I was in the marketing career, uh, I was a freelance journalist. Um, so I kind of got my taste for that feel of the love for writing sort of came through there and it was like, okay, you know, I could, this is something I'm good at. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, there you go. So what was it about uh, f like the, free the, the freelance life, I suppose, that, you know, you're in the marketing job, you've gone, great, uh, I'm making a bit of money doing this stuff on the side. Like what was that, that moment, aha moment where you've gone, oh, you know what, I just need to quit this job and just go out on my own? Okay. Well, so quitting the job was uh, circumstantial and completely separate to the whole copywriting world. Um, but where, it, where the whole copywriting came in for me was um, I just loved the, you know, the working from home. Um, um, and <laughs> I just, yeah, I just found like the passion for it. And then once I got my first client, it was like, okay, I can do this. And then the next step and the next step. And it was just, I think things just like just flowed for me. It was just, yeah, like, you know, I think when universe has a plan, it just happens and the paths form themselves. So for me, yeah, definitely that was, um, I guess when you say an aha moment, it was the fact that I found when they say that you find your comfort zone uh, in terms of, yeah, like getting that first client and doing the work that I started doing and then going, okay, I love this sort of thing. So getting the first client, it's a, it's a great segue to the next question I had. Um, what was that like? What was it? What was it the moment where you've you've got that first client in and, and gone, yeah, no, I can actually make a go of this. Was it a, a difficult thing to get that uh, first client through the door, or was it something that just came quite easily? Oh yeah, hard work. <laughs> um, lots of pitching, lots of phone calls, uh, a few phone calls put down on me several times, um, but that's how you go. Like you've just got to keep going, and um, I never gave up. And you know, in the end, one client hits, and then you get another one, another one. Um, I think definitely in terms of um, you know leveraging past experiences is very important as well. I think one of the things that a lot of copywriters feel that they can't do is where they've done the copywriting um, within a different industry, but bringing that forward into their own business and saying, Hey, you know, I have got these experiences, um, and to talk about those. Um, and the hardest part was the pitching, I mean, you know, phone calls and, um, you know, being a, being an introvert myself, picking up a phone and talking to somebody is not the easiest thing for me to do. Um, although after three years, it's, it's sort of become normal now. Um, so, so with the pitching, you're talking about sort of using a, a method of cold outreach. So literally finding someone in the phone book or, you know, online somewhere and going, like, you know what, I can give them a call and just see if they need my services. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that was step one. So I've always thought, for me, I think having that personal interaction is really important. So rather than leaning on an email, I sort of make a phone call. Um, that's my step one. Um, obviously coming from marketing background the marketing head kicks in and i've obviously did a bit of marketing for myself so you know you google adwords your linkedin uh just linkedin posts and then boosting that for advertising and facebook and seeing where you know the audiences lie and so on because you never know who's watching so 
um yeah just putting yourself out there like that and then from linkedin i touch wood i've had a few clients come through straight from there um after you know they've seen some work that i've done and just visited the website and so on so yeah getting out there i think is just such a hard thing like you said you're, you're mentioned or you've identified as a bit of an introvert i think you know even as someone as extroverted as myself is still introverted in the respect of going out and cold pitching i actually myself don't do a lot of pitching uh, to businesses, although I probably should. Um, so you may probably inspired me to get in there and, uh, and and have a bit of a go as yeah. well. So like, talk to me about then, like, so obviously, you know, three three years into your career now, um, you, you're doing this sort of stuff with clients. What does your daily writing practice look like? How do you how do you start your day and, and get right into the the you know the guts of of actually writing copy for people? Yeah, well, to, uh, so to set the tone for my day, I obviously you know. Um, I do a bit of exercise in the morning um, before breakfast and so on, um, sort of ease into the morning. Um, my day from like the night before, I sort of know what I'm going to be working on in terms of the articles or the projects that I've got on. Um, so yeah, in the mornings, it's just easing into the day and then looking at the diary and what I've got on schedule and off I go with the writing. Um, I have a project management board that I use with all my clients. So I know what the like, you know, manage deadlines and so on. So if anything last minute sort of pops in, I'm not panicking in this space to fit that in, um, and make that happen. Um, so yeah, like, and then I work through, I work through the day, short lunch break and work through till five, six o'clock until the hubby gets home. And then family time is very important. So I've set myself sort of boundaries in terms of, um, yeah, what I need to keep my brain alive to get into that writing zone and the storytelling of weaving the, you know, uh, the storytelling into the copywriting that I do for the clients. For sure. How, how do you do that? Like, is that something you, uh, you know, put on a good playlist and just dance around your room for a couple of minutes before you then, you know, get into it? Or is there something that you do like sort of a little bit of a ritual you have to, to really get into the words and get into the flow of just writing copy for people? Um, oh, look, I think just from the focus point of view, I meditate. So I make sure that that's one of the things that I definitely do first thing in the morning is meditate. I start my day with a good story. So I get my head into that gear, whether it's watching, you know, an episode of Friends, for example, um, and really focusing on the, you know, like the, the conversations that are happening because the type of copy that I write is very conversational and the different languages that come through. I might read a couple of pages of a book um, to sort of make sure, you know, like get my head refreshed for the day with words and different terminology that you can come across that can feed into the copy that you know i'm working on um but no nothing major otherwise i just make sure like i said i ease into the morning it's nothing hectic um the meditation definitely helps yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that, uh, you know, it might be an episode of Friends you'll watch. Um, I, it's, it's been a bit of a superpower of mine, um, or I suppose a secret superpower of mine. Um, I almost constantly watch Friends. It's a really weird thing because I've got my, my Netflix subscription. I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll, I'll throw a couple of episodes on Friends, just get into them into a sort of a, a better mood after watching two or three episodes. It doesn't matter where it is in the, in the, se- the seasons. Um, and then you know, get back into actually start you know starting my day properly, getting my my stuff done. I'm a bit of a night owl too, so I, I do prefer the slightly easier path into a morning than <laughs> to uh, than, other, than other people. I'm not one of those those people getting up at five a.m. and you know running. Oh, running I around. couldn't. I couldn't. Do, I need my eight hours of sleep 
I do get into bed by nine o'clock and I need that oh, wow. sleep the next day. If I'm tired, my brain just won't focus on what I need. So yeah, I make sure. <laughs> I totally agree. I'm I'm the uh, I'm I'm you know double fisting a couple of coffees uh, you know at that point in the morning to be able to wake up and just be like wow okay like while I'm watching my couple of episodes of Friends and then you know get into it. All right, so time for us to get really into the weeds. I always do this with my guests and I ask them to tell me about a nightmare client you faced in your copywriting career. Like don't don't use names or anything. Just uh, you know just just the Cliff Notes version of it if you could. Ah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. This is going right back to the beginning, I guess. Um, I did have one and, um, it was a short term one. So it, I wouldn't say full on nightmare, but it was my first experience on how to deal with a difficult client. Um, and, um, yeah, let's just, I mean, look, I think the good thing is, um, I have a good support community. So I was able to ask the questions, um, with the clever copywriting school um so you know the the the, uh, members on there are really great so i was able to ask a question on how to deal with this particular situation um and it turns out that apparently the strategy used by that client was something that's common and has come across in terms of payments side of things and um yeah and then it was just you know diplomatically dealing with that client and letting go. Did you manage to patch it up with the client or is it something you used to still manage to do some more work with them or is it just sort of cut like cut the ties, get the payment in, see you later, buddy? Uh, it was more just to cut the ties and in terms of get the payment, it was more the other way around. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Have they um, have they ever come back to you? No, I've not. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's fair enough. What about like your most favorite project then? So rather than the doom and gloom of, of a bad client, do you have a particular project in mind uh, where you know you've just done some amazing stuff and and you're really happy about it? I I could say a couple actually. Um, yeah, sure. I think uh, I've got well, a few, there's a few. Um, there's one of my clients who's a med tech recruiter, uh, Duke Med, and. Um, just been working with him pretty much from day dot and um first i sort of started off with him in terms of helping him style his website um using you know the psychologies of colors fonts imagery and so on um and then that's led into a long-term relationship of bringing that marketing you know helping out with all the marketing side of things plus the copywriting and just how his business has grown with just the small bits of work that i'm supporting him with um, and to see that evolution, I think, um, and how that brand has evolved and grown over the three years, uh, well, t- two years for him, um, that's been quite rewarding for me, like, you know, just to see the growth from where it started to where it is today. Um, I guess another one is the opportunity that I had with a doctor from Yale University, um, and he's a Gaucher disease specialist. Um, Yes, there's a bonus that he is a family member. Um, but for me, that project was more from a professional perspective. And I think for me, that was a big one because I love the fact that I was able to create a website. So, you know, actually dive in, design and style the brand and then take that to the next step and develop the website and bring that to life. And then the ongoing copywriting that I'm doing for him at the moment. Um, and yeah, social media marketing and stuff. 
So it sounds like you've got quite a, a, a wider array of, of clients you've had there. Uh, it's, it's great to hear though, because it, it's one of those things I think that a lot of copywriters get sort of stuck into. They, they kind of maybe highlight the, the few things that have gone wrong and they kind of get a bit, a bit uh, sort of stuck on that particular cycle of, of negativity. So it's always good to be able to look back at your couple of things that you've done in the past and, and be really proud of. All right, so what about, um, what about the future of copywriting? If you had a crystal ball you could peer into for the next couple of years, what do you think copywriting is going to do? Well, you just just even freelancing. Like, where, do you, where do you think we're, we're all headed with this kind of thing? Oh, I think, um, to be honest, words are always going to be important for any business, uh, you know, I, I don't see that diffusing. I see that growing, if anything. I think now one thing I have noticed, um, and this is, I guess, taking it back to that marketing professional side of things where I'm constantly looking at what's happening in that marketing world. And I have noticed there's a lot more, you know, um, jobs out there for copywriters. There's that growth of, oh, we need a copyright. There's, you know, if you went back five years, it wasn't a big thing. Like nobody knew. I mean, as marketers, we just try and do everything we can, um, and that's how it works. Uh, but now, there's see, you know, seeing there's that whole need for a copywriter, and I know AI is coming in, and there's no denying that that's just going to grow and get better with time. And I know that organisations are already sort of opting towards that way. Um, but I think even with AI, you're still going to need a copywriter from a human perspective because machine can't do everything that a human can and one of the things is and i've highlighted this in one of my recent blog posts is empathy um you know that human to human connection is always going to be important so i think with ai growing i think even more so maybe copywriters are probably going to be in demand to make sure the whole human to human connection and language and that empathy element all comes in together. And it's probably just going to be more about, you know, how we as copywriters utilize these AI tools that come out, um, you know, not just to make our jobs efficient, but to move with the times, I guess. I love that. I think it, it, that's a, it's a really positive uh, way to look at it is because I think there's so much negativity being built into the copywriting environment right now purely because of the whole invention of AI. You've got, uh, I think I saw about two or three weeks ago, there was a, a really um, ob- obnoxious, loud American guy on a stage, which, you know, is not, not uncommon. Um, <laughs> uh, but just like, you know, saying the words, you know, if you're a copywriter now, right now, quit your job, go do something else because copywriting's dead. And it's just like, yeah, wow, you know, that's that's not the case. It's not like, the, you're absolutely right. The, the AI just can't do the human bit properly. It's uh, No, and I've had a few people ask me that, like, oh, you know, you're doing this and are you not worried and, and what's your stance on this? And I've just gone, you know what, it's just like, it's, it's another thing that's come in and you just embrace it. It's like I've seen AI come into the med tech industry, for example. I've seen it come into the recruitment industry, for example, and there were rumors that our recruiter's going to die. Mm um be out of jobs uh but what's happened is it's actually ai tools have just become support tools to make jobs more efficient in a way and how you utilize them and it's bringing the two together and um yeah yeah definitely um i've I've seen a lot of that happen and there's a few clients that i've spoken to have given you know chat gpt a go for example but then they've gone hold on a second it's great for ideas. It's great to just build a framework, but it lacks X, Y, and Z. 
and hence then you know it and and i've had these open conversations with my clients um so yeah um from my perspective it's more just sit back see what everyone <laughs> has to say do your own research do your own testing see what everyone says and then put an opinion out there before you go in have you noticed any changes to the the types of jobs that are coming through to you? Obviously, you've got your couple of stapler clients you mentioned before, but um, have you noticed that there's more of that? I've written some stuff by AI. Can you have a look at this and see if it's any good? Or have you noticed those sorts of things coming through? Touch wood, not yet. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to probably have somebody say something um, at some point, and I'm prepared for that, but touch wood, not. So oh wow, that's that, that's interesting because most of the, my other guests have sort of said, "Yeah, I've already seen some copy editing jobs or something pop through." I've even seen a couple come through my way. So it's a uh, it's one of those nebulous things, though. I think uh, that the a lot of people are going to go, "Wow, we could do this for cheaper," but then the the quality drop off. I think they 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 won't notice it for a period of time, and then all of a sudden they won't have any clients left, and they'll be like, "Oh, I need to do something yeah. about that," and come right back. Um, yeah. It's it, the other thing that's funny to me is that AI is the things that AI is good at, good at. It's actually highlighting the things that that human copywriters are good at, like you know, understanding context, empathy, you know, all of the the stuff that actually makes us do what we do and and what we love to do. Yeah. It's just it just amplifies us like tenfold. So yeah, it's and and I'll be honest, I think like you know, the good. I mean like one of the good things about say chat gpt is it, it warns you from the beginning to say these are the limitations and what to expect but funnily enough they are being overseen at the moment and it's just gone oh, yes let's use this tool we'll put it together and throw it out there but like you said the quality is gone with the storytelling elements not there the connection the the empathy the even the business elements not there because I mean, from a business perspective, as copywriters, we sit down with our client to fully understand their business, their industry, their client, their clients, their audiences, what they're after, what the current trends are within their industry. Now, that's something that AI is not necessarily going to go out and do. They're not going to sit down and go, okay, well, what are your brand pillars? What are you, what's your tone of voice? What's your statement? Um, you know what's involved in the industry uh, what are the acro guide guidelines for example in the medical industry uh, and all of that stuff gets completely eluded um, but yeah that's at the moment I guess in the future we can only just see what happens but I think it's going to be um, I, th I, th I think at the end of the day we're just going to end up working together with the AI tools and it'll be yeah embracing what comes Absolutely. I could not agree more. All right. Time for the really big question. What are your secret tools and resources you use regularly to get your job done? Okay. Nothing <laughs> fancy. <laughs> You'll be disappointed. Nothing fancy. Um, That's okay. Word. <laughs> yeah. um, Trello for project management, uh, um, which has been really good so far. Uh, Gmail for emails. <laughs> and... Um, um, I guess um, for proofreading, like triple triple checking a lot of things, I do use the Hemingway app um, and I do use Grammarly. Um, and in saying that with Grammarly, I don't go completely 100% with what Grammarly has to say because it misses out some of that conversational tone that we use in the copy that we write. Um, but that's probably it so far. 
Yeah. yeah, right. There you go. How do you find the difference between? Because a few other guests have actually mentioned uh, Hemingway app and Grammarly as well. How do you find the difference between the two tools? Because I know that they're probably the biggest competitors of each other. Yeah, well, I find Hemingway is great in sort of um, helping you tighten that copy uh, to really make it concise and short. You know, like SEO friendly in the sense of shorter sentences, for example. Um, and you know, picking up on like, yeah, I mean, Grammarly does this as well, but picking up on your passive language and so on. But the good thing with Hemingway is it allow shows you that you're allowed to have X, Y, and Z passive words, which makes sense because we do do that from a conversational perspective. Um, whereas Grammarly, it just picks it up as an error and you're going, I need to get rid of this yellow line and it's yeah. not going away. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a couple of bits there, but, um, yeah, definitely. I think to do, I double up, but that's just me being quite, you know, fine tooth comb through everything that I do, um, to put the best out there that I can. Um. And then obviously from a marketing perspective to add that marketing element into the copy that I write is obviously SEO keyword researches, um, Google research. I mean, Google, the questions that are asked on Google, that kind of stuff as well is really important to make sure I'm hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, for sure. Do you use any of the tools like, um, I think it's Answer the Public was one of them out there, like sort of those uh, question aggregator tools on Google at all? No, um, I kind of just go in from that perspective of what would I as an individual type in um, if I was searching for something like this um, or if, you know, a target audience was. Um, just trying to get into that head space. Um, and then obviously, yeah, when it comes up with other questions that are out there as well, it's taking that into account of what terminology people are using to ask these type of questions. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely an element. And I use, um, so with the copy that I do, um, I do use Google Analytics with my clients. So quarterly for a couple of them, I do marketing reports to see how that content is performing. Um, so, you know, to make sure that like, it, it, the good thing is it allows me to see what the audience is interacting with and what they're interested in reading and where the target audience coming from who we're speaking to and so on um which then tailors the content calendar that we use going forward yeah if you could turn the clock back right back to the first day that you started freelance you've just got out of your marketing job you've gone i'm doing this thing i'm sitting in my home office what are the three pieces of advice you would give yourself as a brand spanking new freelance copywriter oh good question um Pick up the phone sooner. That's definitely one of them. Because yes, initially I was quite there was that hesitation. Number two, I would have started sooner. Should have started this one sooner. <laughs> what were you doing five years ago? <laughs> you should have done this. One. It's a pretty common thing. I I remember I was working a corporate job and uh, yeah, I wish I had started like probably five years before I did. Technically, yeah. yeah. And the third piece of advice that I'd give myself, I don't know. Just keep looking forward. Keep looking forward. I love that because it's something that, like, I think you can get you can get stuck in the now and just, I'm doing this now and I'm, this is this is my forever and you sort of not actually pushing the envelope too much. So no, I love that absolutely. Is there anything you do particularly to uh, to to keep looking forward, other than of course you know investing in a bit of time in looking at AI and some other stuff? Um, I guess just um, staying up to date with uh, 
marketing trends and conversations and so on that's happening out there. But I think in terms of pushing the envelope to move forward is having, for me, it's that that goal and the ambition and having that vision of where I'm heading sort of thing. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just making, just uh, the one thing that drives me is just to keep going forward. Um, and that's what I do. Like I'm not, I've stopped looking backwards and now it's like, right, what's the next step? What's the next one? What's the next one? I've done this. I've conquered this. What now? How can I grow this even bigger um, into the next level sort of thing? So yeah, vision is very important. In the last few minutes, um, do you want to tell us where we can find you, where the, some more of the brilliant work you do online? You know, give give yourself a, a massive shameless plug. Uh, yeah. Um, so obviously go to my website, mysteryofwords.com. You can find me on LinkedIn as well under both my business name, uh, Mystery of Words, or under Vishma Mystery. And um, you can also check out some of my client websites for the work that I've done, if you like. Some of it's already on my portfolio. So check that portfolio out on my website. Fantastic. Look, Vishma, it's been wonderful having you here today. Hey, you know what, people? We've got to the end of another thrilling episode of The Right Shift. A massive thank you goes out to my guest today, Vishma Mystery. To learn more about Vishma and what she's putting out into the world, check her links and the links she mentioned in the episode show notes. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of sponsors. And if you'd like to become a sponsor of The Right Shift, head over to therightshift.com and hit that Become a Sponsor button right in the top menu. Also, don't forget to follow and subscribe to The Right Shift on your favorite podcasting platform so you won't ever miss an episode that's upcoming. And while you're there, if you've enjoyed listening to The Right Shift today, then leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you've been listening to the show. It helps more people discover the podcast and join our ever-growing community of phenomenal freelance copywriters. But until next time, remember... You've been listening to The Right Shift.